You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. heck as we begin this ufc vegas 54 preview show here on mmafighting.com we're live on the mma fighting youtube page no casey no music no chanting of songs i know it's unfortunate but you're just gonna have to deal with with dry audio and us just chitter chattering i am mike heck we got jed mishu in the middle we got ak lee on the right hand side Tomorrow night, AK, UFC Vegas 54 is going down. And I know you haven't talked about this card recently at all. Not only, I mean, not even the last three hours or so where we talked about it during the weigh-ins, but all the fighters made weight. And there was a lot happening. And we were going through your gymnastics scale. And you gave this one a seven and a half, but you kind of just flew out with the seven and a half rating. You care to expound on the seven and a half rating? Why are you rating it uh, that number on the AK Lee gymnastics scale? Seven and a half is probably a little too high, but I'm still comfortable going over seven. I'll go. I'll go over seven. I think. I think the fact that it's only an eleven fight card is actually like a good thing. I think that's one of the things that's like that's a feature, not a bug. Because um, I was pretty harsh on the Vera Font card, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was like, I was like, that's a six, and then it turned out to like there's a bunch of finishes, and people are like, oh, is it more than a six? And I'm like, no, six was at right. Like finishes don't make a great card, as as we'll find out, frankly, on Saturday, because I do feel like we're gonna see a lot of decisions. But I think we'll see decisions that are like that are good fights that are like are good contests featuring a solid mixing of the martial arts. So I'm going to stand by my rating. I'll say like around a 7.2 if everything works out. I think the main event is compelling. I think a bunch of the main card fights have the potential to be exciting, like Camacho Torres and Davy Grant Smoke. I'm sure we'll talk more about those later. So I think it's a solid solid card. And the 11 fights, very good. Doesn't probably not too long. And if you're a discerning viewer, it's even shorter for you. So I'm into it. Jed, you are Mr. No Gray Area, and if you think a card is not great or awful, you will tell us that it's not great or awful. But I listen to No Bets Bard. You seem to be decently okay with this card. Your thoughts on the card top to bottom as a whole, and why are you more in favor on this fight night card opposed to others? It's a complicated question, Mike, because in a vacuum, this is a solid card. In a vacuum, I think seven and a half is inaccurate scoring you know 
in the main event, we have a former UFC light heavyweight champion. That's a marquee division, and he was just the champion. It's coming off his his loss of the belt. So this is not Shogun Hua in twenty twenty two, you know, headlining an event. This is a, a a real legitimate main event. I know, you know, my compatriot AK Lee will I, I'm sure does not believe that this is a co main event, and I I think he's probably correct though i think there's a co-main event worthy fight on this card with chukagi and hibas uh even if that fight maybe is the most exciting fight like how that's going to actually end up playing out probably isn't the most fun that is to me certainly a co-main event it's just kind of getting buried a little bit uh and the rest of the fight is i mean the rest of the card has pretty well-made fights i mean if you look at the gambling odds Biggest favorite on the card is Nick Maximov opening up at like minus 380, but everything else is is pretty competitively priced because you've got a lot of good solid fights going on here, and you've you've got some guys with names. Michael Johnson is on this card. Um, Brian Span, Ian Kutalaba is maybe not a great co-main event, but it probably will be really fun for however long it lasts. Uh, Jake Hadley is a, a a promising prospect coming in, so there are a lot of touch points that are good and ak said it 11 fights we talk about it all the time i love an 11 fight you know card that is that's beautiful but it can't it cannot earn a seven and a half for me mike because this thing will not start until 7 30 eastern time and so even with 11 fights instead of 15 or whatever it's still going to be done at like 1 30 in the morning <laughs> and that is that's that's harsh. That harsh is my mellow. That's killing my vibe. Mike is all I'm saying. Like this is this is not a fight card that I could. We, you you bring it to me. Is this one that you tell people to tune in? No, not because the fights are bad, but because I'm not going to be like, hey, mom, you should stay up until one in the morning to watch Jan Blachowicz fight for, on ESPN. Like that's just insane thing to ask in these circumstances. So I have to give it like uh, I'll steal AK's system. I'll give it a six point eight. It's it you know it's just under a passing grade, but it would be a seven and a half. You know, it'd be a solid seventy five out of one hundo if if this was at a reasonable start time. But the time kills it. AK, do we have a poll? AK, do you have we volume? Do, we do, and I'll say, uh, I'll say, Jed's right. Uh, this would be a, this is like a perfect uh, early, like midday, or God, in, in another world, like a morning, a, a Saturday morning MMA card. This would be perfect for it. Uh, having it on prime time is uh, an atrocity. Uh, yeah, there is a poll. Uh, what is your level of excitement for UFC Vegas Fifty Four? And I rank them. I mean, guys, I should look at four, three, two, one, with four being the highest. But I live uh, number one, number four. I'm sorry, four, four, four level of excitement. Give me that Polish power MFR. Uh, three level racket's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, two level, if I got nothing better to do, I'm in. And uh, one level is uh, crap. So that's crap with uh, six A's and three P's. Six A's and three P's. Who's winning? Uh, give me that Polish power MFR is up there, 47%. But but uh, if I got nothing better to do, it's also kind of close behind 39. So it's either people are really excited, I think mostly about the main event, and other and otherwise just if they have nothing, you know, the TV's on, flipping around, the CUFC. Yeah, they'll leave it on. So let's get into the main event of the evening. We got Alexander Rakic taking on Jan Blahovic. Rakic, one loss in the UFC, but was it really a loss? I mean, technically it was, but most... Everybody except for P.T. Carroll 
on MMA decisions, scored that fight for Alexander Rakic against Volkan Ozdemir. In the end, Ozdemir gets a controversial split decision win. We could be looking at an Alexander Rakic who is undefeated in the UFC, 100% a one win at worst away from fighting for a title. Now he fights the former world champion, Jed Mishu. So is this a title eliminator? Like, are we really only go that far? But we do have another... Another big fight coming up on July 30th in this division between Magomed Ankalaev and Anthony Smith. Is the winner of this fight getting the winner of Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohashko? Yeah, probably. First, I just want to say shouts to PT because I had no idea he dissented in this score. I love you, PT. You're one of my favorite people in this entire sport, and you're a hero for being so wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, there's just... I think we talked about it after, I forget what the event number, but uh, after Magomed and Kaliyev just had such a stinker uh, that he probably cost himself an opportunity to sort of shortcut his way to a title fight. And this is this is the end result of it here, right? Like if Ankalaev had come in and absolutely shown out in his last performance, uh, then he's, in, you know, gets on the mic, says some things, even if he doesn't get on the mic and say some things like that's still who he is in this division, sort of what the, the aura around him as maybe the next guy that probably gets it done. Um, but he and Tiago Santos like didn't fight for 25 minutes. So now it's this, whoever wins this, depending on the outcome. I mean, if Glover beats Yuri, Maybe not because maybe they don't want to run back Glover and Jan wins. Maybe they don't want to run back Glover and Jan immediately. But if if Glover beats it and and Rocket wins, or if if Yuri wins, then this is this is going to be your title eliminator, and that's perfectly fine. Like Rocket should be undefeated. He's one of the very best light heavyweights in the sport, uh, and you know Jan is a for, is a former champion, so totally okay for this being a title eliminator okay what do you think what are the stakes in this fight are we looking at the winner is going to fight the winner of the title fight on june 11th or do you think the winner will have to do you think this is the beginning of maybe like a four-man contender tournament between these two guys and then the anthony smith and goliath fight on july 30th if uh you know if rakic gets a finish i think you it'd be very difficult to deny him a title shot and by i mean i mean if he kind of just wins uh you know a clear-cut decision like a 49 46 or something but it's just not exciting it's like you know there's the there's the feel of it just being like an elevated spar or uh you know rocket has, has shown obviously of course that he can grapple as well and and uh he's used that uh in a lot of his fights much to people's chagrin because he can you know he kind of had a reputation for exciting striking when he came in and now he's regrettably mixed the martial arts very very well as he's risen up the ranks and you know so we've seen we've seen the more tactical side of him so um if he wins the decision that way i don't know but uh if he like if he just like clocks blachowicz and i think it's very possible by the way that he knocked blachowicz out i i think it's hard to deny him and i think in a perfect world you you have um he he gets that big win you you within the next two three weeks i know the ufc doesn't move that quickly usually when it comes to title shots especially with the champion um having to when, when is when is to share not next weekend June eleventh, June eleventh. Okay, so next month. So yes, so uh, it's hard. Fast. It's hard to guarantee Rakic anything with the, that title fight still to be resolved. But I would like to think it would make him the number one contender if he blew through Jan. And then we have Magomed Ankalaev fighting Anthony Smith in July. So that's far enough in the future that I feel like you don't need to make it a tournament. Just say uh, if Rakic gets impressive finish tonight, 
he gets a tele shot, and whoever wins the Ankalaev, uh, and if or more specifically, if Ankalaev just runs through Anthony Smith, he gets a tele shot. You, you could be setting up two contenders over, in, over the next three months. You know, it doesn't have to be either or. Um, it's a little more more tricky if Anthony Smith wins or if Jan Blachowicz wins. Again, former champion and a guy who's already had a crack at it. But uh, I think the UFC is in a very good, flexible position with their 205 title pitch right now. And again, we don't even know what's going to happen with Teixeira uh, and Prohashka. So they got a lot of fun pieces to play around with. I think that's another reason why I like this main event so much. I don't think it's like that bad for the loser. And I don't think it's – and I think it could be potentially very, very good for the winner. Jed, you are – one half of the MA Fighting Gambling Podcast called No Bets Barred. Check it out on the MA Fighting Podcasting Network. Right now, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have Alexander Rakic as a minus 190 favorite. Come back on Yanni Blocko, plus 160. Do you agree with this line? Do you Are you surprised by this line? No, I think the line's right. Um, honestly, it could be a little higher on Rakic. I, I have a bet on Rakic. I favor him to win. Uh I think, I mean, there's just a lot of factors. Namely, Jan is pushing 40. And I think that there's a very realistic scenario where we look back at Jan Blahovich's career and say, wow, he had a really good run, but he actually wasn't like an all-world elite fighter because he is not some kind of enigma, right? We've known who Jan Blahovich is forever. He has been in the UFC for... 12 years. I honestly don't know when he, when he joined the organization, but you know, he was in KSW for years and years before that. Like he is a well-known commodity and sure he has improved and some things have happened, but I think there's a really, like I said, a really realistic chance that this run, you know, he knocked out Luke Rockhold, which is less and less impressive as the days go by. He, uh, barely beat Jacare Souza, who is a, career middleweight coming up and is also washed. He knocked out Corey Anderson. That one is aging beautifully. Uh, he knocked out Dominic Reyes, who we all considered a really great win, but I think there's also a world where that win ages pretty poorly and where Reyes very similarly just had a career best performance against John Jones, but then never really ascended to those heights. And then he beat Israel Adesanya, which is a tremendous win, but he also has 30 pounds of muscle on Israel. So there's there's a way to look at his career and think maybe he just kind of he got like he rolled sevens a lot and that's great. You can't take that away from him, but he's not like this all-time great. He was an undeniable force. And I don't know if Rockets is that. I'm sure Rockets probably isn't that either, but I think he is incredibly talented uh and just sort of one of the best hopes for the future of this division. And so I, I think he is going to kind of just outwork Jan Blahovich. AK, are you surprised that Rakic is almost a two to one favorite here? No, no. And this is, you know, I mean, but I'm the worst person to ask because I always pick Jan Blahovich to lose. And spoiler, I'm doing it again. I know we'll get to the actual picks later. I have it I'm worked to, last time. Uh, it worked. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just say I always pick his fights wrong. So often oh. I pick. So often I picked him to lose. I almost definitely. I have to look back at my official pick. I'm pretty sure I picked him to beat uh, Glover. So that was wrong. But I definitely picked him to uh, lose to Izzy. I picked him to lose to Dominic Reyes. I think the last time I picked him to win was maybe uh, either Jacare or Luke Rockhold. I got one of those right. I got one of those right. And I got one of those wrong. But uh, he won both those fights. So either way, I'm not not doing great with my uh, Blahovich uh, 
with my Blahovich pick. So no, for me, of course, I think uh, Rockich almost being two to one is fine because I'm picking Rockich to win. And I just think, uh, you know, he's a younger fighter and I think he's trending upwards. I think he has the skill set that uh, to neutralize Blahovich's best strengths and to implement his own game plan. Uh, it just on paper, everything to me makes sense that he should win this fight handily. And it's just a question of whether by decision or whether he can finish, um, you know, a former UFC light heavyweight champion. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the, the line is fine. And, I mean, I can't wait to make our picks because I'm just, I, I don't know how I keep, I just keep embarrassing myself with these uh, young blocko picks. So I see people asking questions. Some people are asking them multiple times in a row. Save them to the end. I, uh, I'm producing and doing this without Casey here. So what I ask for them, send them in. We'll get to as many as we can. Go ahead, Jed. Oh, just very briefly. Uh, somebody just hit a buggy choke in Bellator. So that's freaking savage. Nice. That's really cool. Uh, that's it. Just want to say that. <laughs> oh, Oliver Encamp. He's good. Yeah. He is good. Just Encamp, just buggy choke Leminger. This is wild. Wow. It's a good win. Leminger's really good. Uh, very strong contender in that division, but just got buggy choked. So not a good day. Uh, not a good trip to London good. for Mr. Leminger. So, AK, you're, you're picking Rakic. How does he get it done? Will it be a finish? Will this be a decision? How does this work? When is the last time? Let me see. Back-to-back decision wins, head kick of Jimmy Manoa, and then there's that split against. So three three decisions in a row. I'm I'm friends of positivity here. Like I said, I've set my score pretty high for this card, or at least higher than I think most people would, or in the seven seven point five range. And I think part of that, like it will become close to reaching that score because the main event will deliver. I think we get an entertaining fight. It might start off a little slow, but I think it'll turn into a good fight. Rockage by late knockout second round. Late second round knockout. Jed, your prediction. I believe you are going with Rackage. If I if I listen to the podcast correctly, yep. how does he get it done? I'm taking Rackage by decision. Uh Jan for like I said, Jan is getting up there in years, but uh he's only been knocked out twice. And for as good as I think Rackage is, Tiago Santos is a substantially more powerful puncher uh and the other one was a tko because uh so could you like blew his knee out or uh or Jan like got his knee busted up by so could you so um he's really tough he's a really durable dude um and rockage is not like a huge huge hitter so i think it's just going to be a decision i am with i'm with you jed rockage by decision I don't think it's a spirited affair by any stretch of the imagination, but if we compare it to Bader Congo 2 or Nama Yunus Esparza 2, we might be looking at like a fight of the year candidate. But yeah. It well, be what are you talking about? I've, <laughs> I've blocked both of those fights from my memory. Well, what happened? Uh, they were fights, as AK would so eloquently but, puts it. But were it they? Fight. But were they? It was a scheduled fight. Two people are in the cage of the referee. <laughs> I don't know what, how much more I can I could say about this, but <laughs> looks like all three of us are taking Alexander Rakic to continue the streak, possibly go on and fight for a title. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. 
So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The co-main event, or second to last fight here, as AK likes to say, we got Ryan Spann versus Iwan Kuchalaba. We got Lewis Smolka versus David Grant. Fun one at 135. By the way, Lewis Smolka with the Elvis Presley hairstyle. Digging it. Absolutely digging it. Kaylin Chukagian, Amanda Hibas. I see some questions coming in about that fight, so we'll address those for sure. Frank Camacho looking like a couple Billy after a couple years away. Taking on Manuel Torres, who's making his UFC debut. And then Jake Hadley making his UFC debut against Alan Nascimento. So... Jed, let us begin with you. Of those six main card fights outside of the main event, which one has your attention the most? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think the there's still a lot of different ways you can approach this. I'm going to take. Uh, I'll give AK the the most fun fight because why not? Uh, the one that has my attention the most is going to be Jake Hadley versus Alan Nascimento, just because Hadley. Has a lot of promises of flyweight. Like this uh, is a cage cage warriors champion. Um, that is right, right? Cage warriors. Um, yes. Dude can kind of do a little bit of everything. He has shown some weaknesses though in cage warriors, you know. Uh, and so, but he's still young, still developing. Lan Nascimento is a solid fighter, like not the world's greatest fighter, but he's got some physical attributes and he's a tricky tricky guy to get in there with uh, i think it's a really appropriate test for hadley kind of coming in and yeah this is this is i think the this is the fight that has probably the most stakes to it even with chukagian hibas being on this car just because caitlin chukagian's never going to get another title fight unless she beats every single person alive so the hadley one is the one that makes like that is the one that's going to have the most repercussions down the line i think AK, what, what say you? You can only pick one of these fights to watch. That's not the main event on this six-fight main card, which starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. Ah, what are you picking? Main card only. Main card only. Because yeah. uh, I, I do want to say, I do like the whole... I do like... I'm looking at the card again as, you know, I was getting ready to answer the question. I do like the card as a whole. This like It's one of those cards where every every uh, fight, for me, has at least like a couple of hooks, like two hooks each. Not like big hooks, but at least a couple. On the main card... Uh, I know. I think Jed assumed I was going to say Davy Grant, Louis Smolka. Sure I think, did. I think everyone should look forward to that fight. Fight of the night written all over, it, or at least a performance tonight. Someone just like cracking the other dude to getting a highlight reel submission. Something. Both guys are finishers, but both guys can also bang and go like hard through rounds. So really exciting. But I want to lean into, and I, I talked about it quite a bit on the Wayne show. I'm very excited about the return of Frank Camacho. Uh, I don't know if they're putting him on the main card because his story recently, you know. Um, he had to overcome so much to get back. And again, there was an accident, which thankfully, I mean, when it happened, it wasn't like a, you know, a life threatening thing, but still, you know, as a fighter, you get that kind of accident. You always wonder, is a guy going to come back? Is he going to be the same? And um, so he, he is, 
it's just great to see him back. We talked about this morning, Mike. He looked really, really good in this guy. I think he's in better shape, I think, than we've seen him before. Um, he's had trouble making 155 before, but he looked super, super fit today. Um, so good for him. And and again, Tybal guys are always exciting. I mean, Frank Frank wants to go in there. And he just wants to brawl uh, against his better wisdom. He's going to go in there and he's going to throw hands. Uh, Manuel Torres, a little bit more versatile. I don't know if someone who's necessarily going to want to go in and just uh, smash with, uh, with uh, Frank Camacho. But if he does... I mean, then there's your other candidate for fight of the night because, uh, again, that's that's just how these guys are going to go. So, just really happy to see him back. Um, you know, we 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 don't always shine a light on these sort of like nice little happy stories in MMA, um, but and and sometimes they become very unhappy quickly. Like when Matt Schnell came back, finally got back in the cage last week and was put away in what like under three minutes, um, but at least got a bonus at the end. Uh, so for Frank Camacho again, hey, win or lose, whatever happens, cool to see him back. I think it's gonna be a great fight, and uh, and overall, just yeah, I think a pretty solid the main card yeah he looked tremendous on the scale he looked tremendous it was so so friendly as he always is during the face-off to me you both picked very good ones chikagan he is a good one i'm gonna go lewis smoke and davy grant this is just from an excitement standpoint because i feel like every time lewis smoke fights we have so many questions because we've had so much so many high hopes for lewis smoke over the years like can he live up to his potential can he reach that ceiling that we sort of created for him during this first stint in the UFC? And there'll be one fight where he lives up to the expectations. And then the next fight, he'll either miss weight or there's some kind of dud inside of the octagon. But I feel like Davy Grant will bring out the best in Lewis Smolka and vice versa. I think this is a tremendously made matchup and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be violence personified. I like Davy Grant to go in and get it done, but Still, I think it's going to be very exciting and until the fight ends at some point. So, like the fight. That's like the best the fight. fight. Like, that's that's going to be the most fun fight on the merits. Since he's been back, Smoker is six for six in finisher. He's he's get or get got since he's been back. He is, and he hasn't seen the third round even. He is getting tapped or knocked out, or he is tapping somebody or knocking them out and within two. So, it's going to be the most fun. And now we head to the prelims, which... If you look at it from paper to paper, fighter to fighter, matchup to matchup, pretty strong prelim card, AK. What's the what's the low-key banger on this UFC Vegas 54 card and why? You're muted. I love the, the opener. I love the Maximal Petrosky fight. Like, I don't know if it's super exciting. I just think it's a great, logical piece of matchmaking for both guys. Um, I'm a little surprised Maximov is such a... I'm, I'm very high on Petrosky. I'm a little surprised Maximov is uh, is so heavily favored. The, the biggest favorite on the card, actually. Um, I guess there's definitely some cardio issues issues for Petrosky, and uh, Maximov has shown he can go the distance. Uh, so that, that might be what people are thinking. But I will go with Tatsuro Tyra and Carlos Candelario. I'm just really excited about the debut of Tyra. Uh, again, there's a lot we don't know about him. He's only 22 years old. He's faced experienced opponents over in Japan. Uh, how good are these fighters actually anymore? Because some of them are, are like, he fought some guys at like 30, 40 fights in their career, probably past their prime. Um, so you can give him credit to fighting guys, again, who have been in there a lot, but also guys who probably are past their best days. Um, but yeah, he finishes fights. There's just a lot of potential there. It could be another exciting name on uh, in, in the 125-pound division. It's supposed to happen last week. I was really looking forward to it. I'm glad that it just got posted. They, you know, they just had to push it back and, and ended up uh, on this card uh, on Saturday. So I, as much as I like, again, 
all five cards on the prelims, I think, have some sort of storyline, have some sort of hook. I'll go with sort of the unknown here. I'm going to go with the unknown of uh, Tyra and Candelaria, and I think we see a big finish for, for Tyra. It's a great pick right there. Two debuting fighters, a lot of hype behind Tyra, and Candelaria is an absolute grinder. So, Chad, which, what's the low-key banger for you? Uh, I mean, the best fight on the undercard, I don't know if it's a low-key banger, but the best fight on the prelims is Arujo andrea Lee. I mean, they both have very high work rates. Uh, Arujo has known to have some gas tank issues, but she's a really good grappler. So the style matchup there is like maybe Lee can just kind of survive the first round and then start to overtake her uh, with her superior cardio. Andrea Lee is, has been ascending. She's looked so great her last two times out. The only problem with this fight at all is that Andrea Lee uh, likes to key out when she punches, and that's really annoying to watch but other than that that fight's awesome so i think that's the best fight on the prelims and if you miss no bets bar there is the uh, the kia, kia parlay. Parlay. yeah <laughs> Look, we've Explain. Got, expound expound we have the two biggest kiaers in in mixed martial arts competing on the same card andrea lee and the the godmother of kiaing caitlin chikagian so they are both uh slight favorites Chikagian's a, a bit bigger of a favorite, but you parlay them together, you get some nice plus money, and you can ride the Kia parlay all the way to victory. It's not a bad option right there. I, I do like I like the Araujo Lee fight. Very interesting, especially if it gets to the second half of the fight. Can Araujo's gas tank hold? Can she keep that same energy from the beginning to the end? Can Andrew Lee start quickly? Or at least stop the, the pretty quick start of Araujo. So I love that fight a lot. I'm going to go with John Jaroba, Angel Hill. There's no way that fight's not incredibly fun and incredibly controversial at the end because it'll probably be a split decision that we all think Andrew, uh, Angel Hill wins and she'll probably lose a split decision to Verna John Jaroba, but that fight's just going to be tremendously fun and I can't wait for it. So that is this card. It's just, it's just a very solid showing. There's, can, we, there's, go ahead. can we talk a little bit more about Michael Johnson, Alan Patrick? Like this is, guys, someone has to win. <laughs> someone does. One of these guys. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. <laughs> uh, as, as we learned in Alan Patrick's last fight, that's not true. Yeah. But fingers crossed, somewhat, Alan Patrick, 38 years young, has not won a fight since February 2018. Over Four years now, that was a unanimous decision over Demir Hadzovic in Bellum, Brazil. They were still holding events in Brazil. Michael Johnson has not won a fight at lightweight. Okay, well, I say has he not won a fight since 2018 fight either. Since, since he beat the GOAT, Artem Lobov, uh, in a fight that he missed weight. So, again, that fight doesn't even really count. Um, and, and Artem gave him his money back for the missed weight, like the, the fine, the fine money. So, it really doesn't count. I mean, just, you know, race the whole thing. Uh, and hasn't won at lightweight since. Well, I don't even need to say it. Do you remember who he beat at lightweight? It's a super memorable win. Do you remember who the last person he beat was? Was Dustin Poirier the was, last person he beat? That is the last yeah. lightweight. That's the last time that he fought a lightweight uh, and won. That was September 2016. Knocked Michael him Johnson's out. a weirdo. Right? Knocked him out in 95 seconds, uh, Dustin Poirier. So, uh, but yeah, either he, way, both. He both has wins over now. Dustin Poirier uh -huh. and like. Edson he, Barbosa. He was the dude who delivered the one loss to Tony. Tony Ferguson. Tony, like, went. It's unbelievable. His highs are as high as anybody, uh -huh. but he mostly lives in the gutter, and his lows are not good. His, like, his UFC record is 11 and 13. 
competing. Yeah. competing Honestly, that's that's a little bit better than I would have thought. <laughs> Remember, he was the guy that that wobbled Habib. Remember that whole thing? Yeah. He his he highs quote, unquote, so him. high. Yeah. That, so I mean, that high. was that there were there was some highness going on there. Someone has also, to win. That route. <laughs> also, Someone has to win. I feel like the takeaway from that fight is not Michael Johnson wobbled him, but Habib beat Michael Johnson up so badly that he stopped paying attention to beating Michael Johnson's ass and started <laughs> telling him, Hey man, you got to quit. <laughs> you just, just give up. I don't want to do this to you anymore. I need to fight for the title, sir. Uh, can I, can I read this comment from our man, our loyal Otno listener, Toke Gerding Jensen. He said, if these key off fights were in the PFL and in, in Jed Mishu's PFL, the smart cage would measure the decibel levels of the fighters. <laughs> they sure would. I like that. I like that. Thank you. And wait till the damage bar comes with the Kia bar. Yes. Man, so many fun. Oh. I feel like the, <laughs> the Kia bar has to take away from your damage bar. It's energy you're using the Kia. Oh, losing your own Kia. Yeah. Your own. Oh, maybe. You're winning judge points. The judges are, are enamored by the Kia, but you yourself are using more energy than you need to. Wow, you're strategic. Strategic use. Yes. So now is probably the time to submit your questions. So let's submit them. We'll pull them up. We'll discuss for, I don't know, next 10 or 15 minutes or so. David, Remember, don't you worry. We're going to get the damage meter. PFL's coming to Atlanta next month. I'm going to all the shows. I'm going to make it happen. You, you have a, links a solid promise. Can you put links in YouTube? Because I want to throw the link to the article we did when we did, we did Miss Fist about the promotion that put the health bars in. I don't think you can. I'm going to try here. Yeah, but you can you try. It was... Oh, you can. Okay, sweet. So I'm going to pin that. If you guys want to know what health bars and an MMA promotion look like, I'm going to pin this right now to the uh, YouTube. And uh, promotion did try it, and it was uh, straight up ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have the smart cage as the underlying basis with which to work. You're right. You're right. This is true. <laughs> they were doing this like flying blind, like a normal cage, yeah. just flying blindly, did not integrate it into the uh, the smart cage form. Yes, you're right. I'm not kidding. I legitimately have spent a lot of time figuring out mm -hmm. how to exactly make a damage bar. And I, I think that you can do it with because the PFL has all these stupid me like measurements or whatever. So you could just you could do it like I've I've got a proposal. Ray Sefo, talk to me. Is Ray Sefo still in charge of the PFL? Yes. yes. Yeah, Ray Sefo. When I'm in, when I'm here in Atlanta, let's do, let's let's go have lunch, make a thing happen. We just spoke about him, Jed Mishu. Is Michael Johnson fighting for his UFC job? He does have four losses in a row. If he goes out and loses to Alain Patrick tomorrow, is he done? I don't know. Uh, probably not. They seem to like him. But I also wouldn't be entirely surprised if this was like, yeah, if I could see instead of him fighting for his job, this him fighting for his career, like I could see him coming out of this one and saying, you know what? I just got to bounce. It should be. If he loses this, the UFC should part ways with him. He can go to Eagle FC. He can fight Diego Sanchez and Kevin Lee, and that'll be fine. Uh, but... I get the sense that they still like Michael Johnson. So I, I, this is not where I'm strong, though. Mike, am I wrong? Am I right? Did the, does the UFC like him? I think so. It seems like it, right? I mean, they keep trying to get him fights. I think they like him. I think there's. I think. I think his name, despite the record, still holds some value. Like it, it's a big. It, it means something if you beat Michael Johnson, even on a four or five losing streak. 
I'm surprised in this particular matchmaking, but I like the way AK is selling it. He's selling it better than any promotion has sold any fight this weekend. Somebody has to win. That's the way you sell this fight. But again, Michael Johnson's just, it's not even a gatekeeper role at this point, especially if he loses. He's just the guy that's going to put over young, exciting talent. Like someone comes off the contender series and has a violent KO. You could throw him in a debut if you want to push him fast against a guy like Michael Johnson. So, so I that, think there's still some value to his name, at least. So that that's correct. But that is not what they have done with him. He has not fought young emerging talent. And it's so weird. Like he fought Josh Emmett and Stevie Ray and Clay Guida. <laughs> like you're not putting these people over. What are we doing with him? I don't understand it. It feels like they are trying to get him a win, and he just steadfastly refused to be victorious. <laughs> Yeah, Tiago Moises, Clay Guida, Stevie Ray, Josh Emmett is, is, are the four losses during the streak. Maybe this is it, AK. Maybe this is the one. But if he loses this to Alain is... Patrick, if the answer to the question, some who is going to actually win a fight here, if the answer is not Michael Johnson, will he have another chance? I'm sorry, repeat the question. I had, I had another Michael Johnson. I'm sorry, repeat that, Mike. If Michael, I was dealing with some troll in the thing. In the chat. If Michael Johnson loses, is he done? With the UFC? Um Yes. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, um, listen, he has a win over Artem Lobov, and that's uh, that has a lot of that has a lot of the goat, that has a lot of currency. Uh, so no, I think I think they keep around. I think as long as it isn't, um, you know, as long as the fight isn't a, comp- I will say if the fight turns out somehow it'd be like a complete stinker, which is really not the case with either guy. I don't think either guy has ever really been in just like just horrible, horrible fights. Um, then again, I, I had to think of the whole Michael Johnson resume, but I think he's, his, his entertainment level is pretty good, right? It's pretty consistent. So uh, I think they'll be fine. I think actually both guys might stick around. Um, I'm sure he's a little bit older and they might want to cut bait with him, but uh, I, I would, sorry. And what I was going to say about the whole matchup was this is where I miss the UFC having subtitles to their, uh, to their remember like, you know, UFC, UFC 65, Bedlam, you know what I mean? Because this would have been like UFC Vegas 54, someone has to win. And it's like, if you don't like that, then you don't like NBA basketball. Let me tell you that right now. So I, I wish that they, they, they would bill it that way. This could have, you know, I'm tell you something. This could have been a co-main event if they, had, if they had sold it that way. This would have been an AK Lee approved co-main event if they had sold it as the fight that someone has to win. <laughs> So the fight itself does not merit the spot, but if it was promoted accurately, it yeah, would yeah, merit that spot. I'd make an exception. I'd make an exception. It, it, it would not fit any of the normal criteria that I have for like a proper co-main event. But I could, I can be sold. I can be, I can be bamboozled and tricked into, uh, to, uh, you know, putting that title on a, on a certain fight. What a fun UFC poster that would have been for this card if we had a <laughs> someone has to win co-main event, two small guys, both fists going through fire, and it just says someone's got to win in the middle of it. I like it. Jed, does Caleb Chicane get a title shot with the win? No. I already alluded to this. She never gets a title shot again. Well, one, I mean, Medhibas is not a flyweight, so she just doesn't get a title shot with a win. Like, she's beating up a strawweight. Congratulations. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, I mean, this would be what her fourth in a row, right? So this would be five, and I think she's already won four in a row. I think so. This would be five in a row. Is it really? Wow, good for her. She's. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, three, Is four, four five. Okay. She's won four, four for the last five. She's won yeah, four she, last five. Yeah, because I say the the Andrade obliteration looms in there. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but you know, look, that's that's not a knock on Caitlyn Chikagian. 
She's only lost to people who are really good and then randomly lost a I believe wasn't a great decision to Jessica I, but I won't pretend to remember that fight all that well. Uh, but otherwise, she lost Jessica Andrade and Valentina Shevchenko, two of the best five women fighters alive. So that's, you know, no shame in that. But yeah, uh, the manner in which she lost to Valentina Shevchenko means she is going to have to fight every human being on the planet to get another crack at her or get far more compelling on the microphone. Uh, and I don't feel like that's going to happen. So she's just got to keep keep beating people. And she seems up to it. She keeps taking fights with everybody and just keeps on fighting them. So she is the rightful second best flyweight in the world. She has cemented that with wins over basically all of the other people at the top of the division. Uh, but she's she needs two more wins. At, like, would be my guess. She wins this and she beats like Manon Fioro or somebody else, like somebody on the rise. So there's so she has really taken away all other possible contenders for Shevchenko. That's the way she gets back to a title fight. I think the road is way longer than that. But I'm, you I'm probably between... you probably agree. You're trying to be positive, yeah. Jed. You're trying to, <laughs> to, to, to be positive. Well, no, I just if she just beats the other rising contenders, Shevchenko has to fight somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so right. like she, she beats all of them for sure. Yeah. yeah so I'm... like if she wins this. If she wins this, really, there's like because Shevchenko's fighting. Uh, is that two seventy five? They're doing this Santos. Santos, fight? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that two seventy five? So after she beats Santos, Shevchenko will have beaten everyone in the UFC. Basically, like the division, uh, and so then she's going to either have to move up to one thirty five, which is currently maybe that's what happens. But if she does, then Shukagian's going to get the title shot. If they're just like, yeah, Shevchenko's going to leave. <laughs> But I mean, there's. I think she's oh, yeah. That's Lee. true. That's that's the other scenario. Yeah. There's I Andrew guess. Lee. If she beats Araujo, she's there. There's I mean, Casey O'Neill's gonna be out for a little while, but we got Macy that's, Barber fighting Jessica. I there's there's a lot of meat on the but, Alexa Grasso. There's others. I just don't think any of Alexa Grasso or Andrew Lee are if Andrew Lee wins are the closest. But like, I'm not sure you can bump them over where Chukagian is for a title fight. So it would just be like, if Andrea Lee wins, she will probably have to fight Chukagian. And if Chukagian beats Andrea Lee, then it's just like, well, shit, man, <laughs> I don't know. Chevy truck has to roll over somebody. Might as well be the number one ranked fighter in the division again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I said, I said earlier today on, on the way in show that I think it's, uh, there is a path to Chukagian, but she has to beat again, another veteran, probably Andrew Lee or something like that. Plus two of, the Menel Firo, um, Casey O'Neill, Aaron Blanchfield, like um, up and coming Trevor. It's just be like two of those girls. So I, if she does, listen, if she does all that, more power to her. Give her the title shot. I, I would be very shocked if she was able to run through that. Gauntlet. If anyone at Flyweight besides Shevchenko was kind of just able to run through that gauntlet, really, really, really tough yeah. to do. But that's the hoops that Shevchenko, that um, Chuyagin has to jump through. That I think other Flyweights are not going to have to jump through to get another crack, unfortunately. And I will say just very briefly, it is kind of garbage. Because she's never going to beat Shevchenko, and we, but I knew that before they fought the first time, and she still deserved it. The reality is, after her loss to Shevchenko, Chikagian has beaten Cynthia Calvillo, a hot shit prospect for the division, Viviana Rujo, hot shit prospect, and Jennifer Maya, who's like the number three ranked fighter in the division. Mm-hmm. Like that's 
maybe even number two, according to the UFC, something like that. Like those are those are the types of wins. That's a Robert Whitaker esque run post his loss. It was was equally devastating loss, frankly. And he earned his way back. So if she wins this one here, again, it's over a straw weight. If she wins this one, some four in a row, and then she takes out Andrea Lee or Minofiro or somebody, she may not get it, but she frankly would deserve it. Like that is, that's doing the work to get back to the spot you're supposed to be in. Hey, listen, great points. On the flip side, Amanda Hebos at our media day scrum said, if I win, I should be fighting for the title next. So, I mean, we'll if see. she wins, she will. I bet she would. I think she'd be close. She would definitely have a, a discussion. But again, Misha Tate's fighting Lauren Murphy July 2nd. If Misha Tate wins that oh, fight, she's fighting for You're the right. I forgot that Misha Tate is about to uh, be sacrificed on the altar of Shevchenko. Yep. But if she loses, if she loses to Lauren Murphy, with the, which absolutely could happen. Well, you think Misha Tate is that much better than Lauren Murphy? Yeah. Come on. I think Lauren Murphy is a bad Misha Tate. She's that, a let, dollar store. Hey, Misha, Tate. Misha Tate's been out of the game for a long time. What, what was what was Misha's Misha uh, comeback? She's been back in the game for a long time. She's yeah, what was her comeback? Like for two what fights. Was, what was her comeback? What were her comeback fights though? Um, comeback Renault and Vera. And Renault was, I mean, that with respect to Mary Renault, that was a setup for Tate to just truck her. Yeah, Vera probably 50-40. And the Vera fight, she lost. So what are we? That's a, that's a bantamweight. That's fine. What are we saying? Like, why? What? I don't know what the base. I think that's a lot very disrespectful to Lauren Murphy. I don't think Misha Tate coming off of uh, a one and one after a five year layoff is that much better than Lauren Murphy. I think that's a little crazy. Yeah, I think Misha Tate is substantially better than Lauren Murphy. Misha Tate, who submitted Holly Holm to become the Bantamweight champion, I believe that she is substantially better than Lauren six Murphy. Six years ago. Okay, okay that, listen, those hey, career highs are way higher than Lauren Murphy's. Doesn't matter. I don't care what the career highs are. She's not at her career high right now. She's far said, from hey, it. What are we talking about? You don't even hey. know that that's true. I do <laughs> know. Listen, hey, it's May 13th. That fight is July 2nd. We will have much more to talk about that fight. Uh, speaking of 25ers, let's talk about something that is happening tomorrow. Which flyweight will have a better debut? Tyra or Hadley, A.K. Lee? And by the way, we could throw Candelario in this conversation as well. No, we can't. No, <laughs> no, we can't. Candelario is on my poop list right now. All right, because for anyone who didn't, who wasn't watching this morning, the great Jose Youngs and the great Mike Heck and I were doing the live weigh-in show. Mister Candelario, contingent series signing, makes you know his first UFC weigh-ins is fine. Comes in probably about eh, with about like twenty minutes left to weigh in. He's half a pound over. We're in Las Vegas, so it's fine. He gets medical care to take another hour, but. Because we're waiting for Carlos Candelario, our two-hour, our standard, well, two-hour weigh-in show, or could be even shorter if, uh, if you know, if everyone weighs in early enough, our two-hour weigh-in show becomes well over three hours. I think three hours and fifteen minutes because we have to wait for. I don't know. He gets all this extra time, so Carlos Candelario comes has to to shave off a half a pound, and he makes it. Credit to him. Well done. Well done, Carlos. You made wait for your US debut, but I am very displeased with having to wait for him. So I am uh, I am not the right person to answer this question. I'm very biased. I think I think Tyra is going to knock him out. Uh, and I don't know if I think that because I know what's going to happen or I'm just at this point rooting for uh, Tyra out of spite. So Tyra is my answer, I guess. Jed, what do you think? This is a, I think this is actually a great question. I think Tyra is going to have the better debut because he has no disrespect to Candelario. I think he's got a simpler test ahead of him than Alain Nascimento is for Jake Hadley. So that's... Uh, just pretty simple for me. 
I think Hadley's going to be the correct answer. I think he will get a finish probably in the second round. I think Tyra's going to... There's a chance Tyra just lands some crazy flying knee into a quick sub right away. It's very possible, but Carlos is really tough. He's really durable, and we'll see. We'll see. I feel like Candelario has been through the, the rigors of the sport a little bit more than Tyra has. So I will go with Hadley, but this is a really good question. It could go either way. Uh, let's play a little betting game. AK, we'll start with you. Over under three and a half finishes tomorrow. Oh, I saw that. I, I'm not gonna lie, I saw that before, and I was trying to cheat and 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 look, figure it out ahead of time. But uh, but it's a that's a great uh, that's a great uh, set number, a three and a half, to because it makes this t- really tough to answer. I think that's like the perfect uh, the perfect line. Um, I want to say so. I said already. I think the main event. I think the co-main, the co-main event is one of the ones like it should be either an exciting finish or super like chaotic and not necessarily great fight. But I will say someone gets finished in the co-main event. So that's two. Oh boy. And then from there, I think we get a lot of competitive. We have a lot of competitive fights. I'm going to go over because I think, like I said, I think I, I'll say Hadley and I think Tyra. But yeah, I'm, I'm really going just over. I think like four or five tops so just under half of the card and really i four i feel like this feels like the safer number so just over jed i don't know how you feel about it oh i'm taking over um i think there are three pretty close to locks maybe not locks but three fights i feel very confident on the main card that are going to go over and then you just have to get one on the prelims and i think that there are a number of fights that have opportunities michael johnson on patrick that could very easily finish uh, Tyra Candelario, uh, Maximov Petrovsky could finish. So I'm gonna take the over because I think Span, I think Span Kutalaba, uh, Grant Smolka, and uh, Camacho Torres. I think those are very. I feel very good that those are not going to the scorecards. Yeah, I'll go with you. But, I mean, hell, Hadley Nascimento could could easily be a finish as well. Yep. Yeah, I'll go with over. Why not? Feeling positive. Feeling positive. Where is where is this comment? Nivathan Kugan Anthem. I have to say it like a ring announcer, or else I'm gonna mess it up. That's my guy. That's my guy in uh, up in up in Markham. There you go, buddy. Uh, Where's there's one I I saw, and then we'll end it here. It's a Bellator question, but I feel like it's a conversation starter. You got to. If MVP beats mm. Logan Storley in the main event, Jed Mishu, how far does he move up in the MMA Fighting Global Rankings? Well, let me pull up the MMA Fighting Global Rankings right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Because I have that. no idea where he currently sits. <laughs> I think he's around 13, I want to say. I haven't really – I think I think it's my ranking, I think, is, is one of the things that's like has him um, – I think even, I have him at like there. I think I have him at like fourteen or fifteen. Do you? I okay, I, I'm, a, I'm I have him in my ranking, but yeah. strictly because yeah. of the um, uh, the the Lima win. He is thirteen. Yeah, I mean that's it. That's it, really. He is thirteen overall uh, uh, consensus. Um, yeah, I mean, if he beats Logan Storley, wouldn't be shocked if he bumped in front of Ray Cooper. Um, I, it will depend if he goes out and really impresses against Storley. I could see him moving up to the Steven Thompson sort of top 10 ish area in our rankings collectively. Uh, but that's, you know, he, he's, that's his absolute upper limit hmm. is, is like 10 or 11. Uh, let me dive into this. Uh, first of all, um, 
there's going to be some people who are going to be listening to this preview show tomorrow and by then, or even later today, by then, Bellator would already be over. So I am going to act as if uh, Michael Venipage already won. Boy, that was amazing when he took out Storley with that flying knee in like four seconds or three seconds beating Masvidal's, you know, major league record. My goodness. What an incredible finish. So this is like best case scenario for, for Venipage runs through him. Uh, but even then, boy, I don't know how much I can move him up because, yeah, I'm like you. I kind of just gave him like I had Lima high when they fought. And I think the decision, like, I mean, the fight sucked, but I didn't think the, I didn't think like the decision was egregious. So I would had no problem giving him Lima's spot. But for me in my rankings, I have uh, Masvidal above him and Luke and Thompson. Those are the three names right above him. I, I, I you probably put him above Masvidal, but I mean, if you told me if Masvidal and MVP fought, who would I pick? Probably pretty strongly leaning towards Masvidal. So factoring that in, it's hard for me to give him that spot. He might be stuck at 11 for me. Again, I already have him pretty high. Three people on our panel don't have him ranked at all. So if he does get a spot, um, then that'll help a lot. But he'll have to get past names like uh, Rachmanov, uh, Soldich and KSW, um, Ray Cooper. So does a win like this put up? Mm-hmm. Ray Cooper might drop off after last week's, you know, what happened last week. So he might he might make an appearance on some uh, some of our panelists' lists, get him a few points. Uh, boy, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It, it's it's a really difficult. It's really hard for him to move up that much. I will say, um, just doing some math roughly in my head, he will if he wins, he will rise up one spot and take uh, Ray Cooper's spot. Ray Cooper is number twelve in our rankings. Ray Cooper obviously had a really bad weight miss and then uh, and lost to a very good fighter in uh, Leal. So Ray's going to drop down, if not out. I'm not sure how much, how badly that hurt him. Peel's rankings, and just almost by default, MVP going to drop him out of mine. Yeah, and then so MVP, so MVP will move up with a win, uh, probably. I think one spot the most. I don't think he cracks the uh, the top eleven or twelve right there. I could see him taking case up, but sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I have. He's not even in my rankings right mm-hmm. now. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Because I have Roberto Soldich at number 15, and yeah. Roberto Soldich would absolutely murk sure. MVP. And, and he has a yeah, great resume. He has a great resume. So I, have, honestly, I, have, I, don't know if he... I have Soldich at 13. That's good. Yeah. And I have Rachmanov. There's no way. I mean, come on. Yeah, now. I know. Magny, so... Cooper. I mean, Cooper might just – Cooper might fall out after that weight miss and the loss. Mike, I'm so because... proud of your rankings. <laughs> yeah. You don't have Moss at all. What a hero you are. Yep, no Moss at all. No moss. No moss. Oh, no moss. No moss. No moss at all. No moss. So, yeah, he'll probably return to my rankings if he beats Logan Storley. Yeah, and maybe maybe he gets 14, 15. I don't know. We'll see. But that's all rankings or whatever. All right, I think we have talked about this card enough today, AK. We have talked More about this enough. card for the last four hours. Uh, and I, we talked about this card a little bit on my show. So, basically... Just uh, we're gonna blend it all together. I've been talking about this car for six hours today, so yep. I think I've I've done my part, and we're gonna talk about it more tomorrow. The latest start time ever for a people's pre-fight show, seven p.m. Eastern time. We'll kick off the people's pre-fight show because Jed's already yawning. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, seven thirty Eastern prelims, and then the main card, ten p.m. Eastern. Six fights on that main card plus. Jose's in Vegas, so of your all of your press conference fun right after, and then the post fight show after that. So rest your rest the vocal cords, gentlemen. And then Mike, we should just do a live. Uh, we should do a live Otno uh, on Sunday again because just treat it like I mean treat this like a pay per view because you know they're putting it on at the same time. So right, we're just, live on Sunday, Mike, eleven a.m. live on Sunday. No, we just, no. You want to do that for UFC Vegas before? <laughs> no. 
Although that will probably be a very short show for us, if we're being honest. Yeah. We'll have to think about it. We'll think about it. I know people. <laughs> I know people are quite happy with uh, the live show, but I also think there's some merit to just saving it for special occasions, if you will. But we are done for AK for Jed Bashu. I am Mike Heck. Enjoy Bellator. We'll see you tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, right back here for the People's Pre-Fight Show. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.